at KeepGoodKeith on Twitter. All responses are appreciated. This is the Punchy Panda Podcast. Keep good Keith on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining me yet again. Punchy Panda Podcast. Got a lot to go over. Got a little bit more information coming out of UFC 234. Israel Asanya did the podcast rounds. So did Calvin Gastelum. No yet word from a Robert Whitaker. I hope everything is going well with his recovery. If you do not know, just might as well tell you right off the top, UFC 234, Asanya versus Silva was a headliner change because Robert Whitaker had a... I don't even understand how this is possible, but it was an injury where he had a hernia and his stomach was actually ejecting some of his intestines. So his intestines were falling out of his stomach. So these combined events, which are horrible and horrific, caused him to have immediate surgery, causing the championship fight at the head of the car to be canceled. We had a very interesting scene throughout the media day on the fight event where Kevin Gastelum was carrying around a UFC title, proclaiming himself the new middleweight champion via forfeit, something that technically exists in other sports, but I don't think that's ever, ever happened in MMA before. I don't, even in a tournament setting, maybe back in the day, I have to think about that. But, of course, it is what it is. Very devastating for the middleweight division. This is the second time that Robert Whitaker had to pull out of a fight in his home country. And I, again, speed recovery, and I hope they can uh, make that fight again, regardless of who is the number one contender at the time. He should be able to get the opportunity to fight in his home country yet again. Speaking of number one contenders, Israel Asanya defeats Anderson Silva by unanimous decision. Something I pretty much expected. Not to necessarily say that Anderson Silva is someone who is hard to put away or that respect was given too much, but two elite strikers going against each other understand danger. As for what I thought about the main event in general, I would definitely say it was one of the more entertaining fights of the card. Um, Taking it from Calvin Gaslam himself and a lot of the other critics on the fight, I do feel it was a lot of performance. And the true, there was only one moment where there was a true like kill instinct where I thought that Alcyon could have finished the fight and the, the finish didn't materialize. And we're talking about somebody who's a decade your elder and you couldn't finish him. Not saying it's impossible. It just shows that Anderson Silva's striking ability is just so high that unless you're 100% focused on the kill 100% of the time, you know, he can still compete. And that's what it looked like. It looked like Adesanya was trying to style on him as well. You know, He's always been a flashy fighter. We can see that in all of his UFC fights. It's not surprising. 
but I feel like it took away from the severity of the contest, especially when you're the new main event. You know, number one contender spot is on the line. You're in your home country. Well, your adopted home country. You know, a finish would have went a very, very long way in solidifying his next fight for the title. Of course, Robert Whitaker's timeline to return supposedly is four to six weeks. So perhaps that fight gets booked sooner rather than later with Calvin Gastelum. And he just sits out a little bit. Or he fights another fight in the in-between. I personally don't know what is best. I don't know what would be the best case scenario. Honestly, I I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, Robert Whitaker is a champion. Robert Whitaker did nothing wrong. And we shouldn't try to rush someone back into the octagon just to keep everyone else's timetables lined up. I feel like an interim title is not meant necessarily because the champion's been inactive, but in this type of circumstance, we have two top contenders who are healthy and ready, who have been guaranteed title shots, instead of stringing them along and picking, just make the interim title fight, and whichever one wins will fight Robert Whitaker when he comes back, after giving him plenty of time to recover. I feel like that's the only way you can give both competitors a title shot, and keep Robert Whitaker as a champion. And I I personally think that is the best thing to do. It's the honor of the word, but still keep his title intact. Which obviously is going to set up an even bigger fight down the road. So it's always a win-win-win in these type of situations. But again, I feel like if Adesanya finished Anderson Silva, it would be a more open-shut conversation. The things I took away from Adesanya's performance was his mind and his body speed was very great. He was able to avoid all the setups Anderson Silva had for him, all the trickery that he's been known for. He was able to stick to his strategy as well. Uh, His composure was very evident throughout the entire contest, even in the first round when he did his little rock lead standoff. And even in the second when he... um, Went in for the kill. He had the composure to take a step back. Additionally, his pressure was throughout most of the fight, outside of a little bit in round two and three. He was the one pushing forward, doing the most damage, landing the most punches, throwing the most shots. And that was one of the weird things about Anderson Silva. He didn't throw that much. You know, he did land on Adesanya a couple of times, but a lot of it was, you know, fainting, um, hand um, trickery, you know, that 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 Bruce Lee shit. Like, a lot of it wasn't actually, like, throwing a lot of big strikes. So, he did have a little burst in the second round, like I said, but, you know, I feel like at the end, it was all science fight from beginning to end. And like I said, the only ending sequence was in the second round when he hit him with that knee. It was very nice. It was, like I said, I feel like if he would have put a little bit more pressure on, left himself a little bit more vulnerable, he may have picked up the finish there. But going against Anderson Silva on the feet, again, 
when you're a different type of fighter, like, you know, for instance, like Chris Whiteman, who was very critical of Adesanya's performance. When he hurts Anderson Silva and he goes to the ground, Anderson Silva hits the canvas. He can make a choice depending on where they are, space, timing, general octagon feel to determine to let him stand back up or control him and dominate on the ground. Adesanya doesn't have that ability. And since he doesn't have that ability just yet, you know, when a guy isn't all the way out of there, you got to take a step back and compose yourself, which is something that he did very well. It's something that I believe should be commended on, even though he didn't get the finish. Keep good, keep on Twitter. Always hit me up, anything you want me to include, timelines, and just want to help me get this content out faster. Just hit me up. Speaking of hit him up, Israel Asanya, Podcast Circuit. Went on a bunch of different shows to critique his own performance and his placement in the middleweight division. A lot of good things. Um, but also felt like he had a great performance. Didn't like how the middleweights were trying to take a shine like Paulo Costa and uh, Weidman. I just really am looking forward to seeing Chris Weidman get back after his injuries. Because he's still ranked pretty high. And he does have a win over Calvin Gastelum. And I feel like that is the most dangerous threat to Adesanya right now. So, I like seeing him interject himself. But I also like Israel breaking down his performance. Talking about how difficult it is to fight someone on the same playing field as you. With the same type of skills. But also, emphasize how easy it is to go out there and get a win. And he'll continue to do that. As he tries to become middleweight champion, I'm very, very interested in that as well. But Kelvin Gaslam and Robert Whitaker, everything's really up in the air. And I'm interested to see exactly what the UFC does. Personally, you already know how I feel. But I'm just a fan, and the UFC doesn't listen to fans all the time. A couple more impressive performances from that pay-per-view, of course. Um, in the powerful people's main event, Ronnie Yaya actually was defeated by Ricky Simone. A very professional, acute, and dynamic performance by him. Uh, a watch all the way through. Ronnie Yaya had a, a lot of big moments. Of course, he's a big swinger. And I thought the fight was going to be a little bit more dynamic once it got to the ground. But Ricky did not fall for that bait. He was he was very good at getting a takedown to disrupt momentum, and then right afterwards he'll get back up and start kicking his legs if he needed to. Additionally, we had uh, Montella, uh, Montana De La Rosa picking up a big win at flyweight. You know, three stoppages looks good on a resume in a new division. She's looking for a big opportunity next. Um, have to take back my word, Nadia Kasim was not making her UFC debut. She was just taking a whole year off um, due to injury. So it's good to see her getting back into the octagon. Hopefully, you know, knock this one off. Her performance was very well muted just because the wrestling just was so dynamic. And we always know that um, people in that part of the world, the Oceania region, don't have the best wrestling background. So it was kind of a foregone conclusion once it got to the ground. But 
I do appreciate the effort, and I hope to see her come back even better. Another important fight for the Oceanic region and for the light heavyweight division, Jim, um, Jimmy Crute defeats Sam Alvey. Potentially, and I say potentially, Paul's potentially early stoppage because Jimmy Crute was looking for the walk-off, and he almost got it. But Sam Alvey is so goddamn durable that he wasn't going to go out with this that one shot. So he continued, put the work on him. We saw this with Uriah Faber versus Hinton Burrell. If the referee is focused solely on seeing you getting punched in the head and you're not moving, you putting up your thumbs does nothing. And this is a world title fight against someone who's durable, well-known, and a former champion. And Uriah Faber didn't get the benefit of the doubt after being dropped and hammered on the ground. So I can't give the same benefit to Sam Alvey. Even though I do like him, even though I feel like he's great at the division, he just got caught. And that happens to everybody. And you just have to accept that. And glad that Jimmy Crutes is going to be moving forward in the light heavyweight division. Happy that we have a new young prospect, 22 years old, that we can do something with. So the sky's the limit as long as we can get some favorable matchups for him and even a showcase back. In his home country. But I would like for you guys to let me know. What was your most impressive performance. Out of the evening. Who do you think. Should be challenging for the middleweight title next. And. What do you think of the pay review overall. Keep good. Keep the proxy pharaoh. Just let me know. Moving things quite along. We have the debut of UFC on ESPN. And a doubleheader of Bellator events. Coming down this weekend. Um. Four very important fights coming out of these two, three cards, respectively. First off, I want to just um, hit on the return of Matt Mitrion versus Sergey Karatanov. Sergey coming off of a stoppage win. Matt Mitrion coming off of that disappointing performance against Ryan Bader. Very interested to see this contest against their styles, very similar. And I think as long as Nelson doesn't, I'm sorry, as long as Mitrion doesn't try to close the distance and dirty box too much with Saratonov, he should be good at distance. But you never know. That gritty veteran, Saratonov, can do anything. So I'm very impressed with him recently, and I'm looking forward to see what he can do at heavyweight. Now that we have a champion finally, who knows what can happen. Additionally, if we stick to Bellator, we have the long awaited match between MVP and Michael Venom Page. Uh, I talked a lot about it on my last podcast, very big fight of UK MMA. Um, a lot of back and forth going between them on the podcast circuit on Monday. Honestly, I feel like this fight won't go the full five rounds. I feel like this fight is kind of what people want the Alessania versus Silver fight to be. Two strikers going at it full force with no worry of being taken down, but the technical ability of Page and Daly may not be at that exact level, but I feel the the hate and the fuel they have for each other will make it a little bit more action-packed. Just like the night before with Mitrione and Karatanov, welterweight Grand Prix title implications here. The winner of this fight is going to be moving on. 
So, again, a very important fight for Bellator and a very important fight for the welterweight division. Very interested to see what Venom Page looks like after such a long time off of MMA, that is. And if Paul Daly could finally sh- uh, prove that all the talk is just because he knows he's better. I've been interested in this for a while. Um, I'm just as interested in the Mitrion Karatanov fight, but just for different reasons. There's just at such point in, the, in their careers where, you know, one big win against the name such as themselves will catapult them. It's very similar to MVP Michael Page fight. If Daly can actually win and defeat Michael Page and, and really put a stamp on it, it vaults his career not only in title contention, but in terms of legacy too. This is a big fight for legacy in British, in the UK MMA. So I'm very interested to see the result this weekend. Switching over to the UFC side, UFC on ESPN, Francis Ngannou versus Kane Velasquez in the main event. Co-main event though is the long-awaited match between Paul Felder and James Vick. A fight you may recall was supposed to take place last year, but James Vick was bumped up to the main event slot when Justin Gaethje's opponent fell out. Justin Gaethje went on to win that fight via first round knockout, and now that he's had some time to recover around six months or so, he is back. Paul Felder moved up to face Mike Perry, lost that fight. Obviously, something that we can all look to and see that he was fighting in the wrong weight class. Now that he has an opponent that he was excited about facing before. And he's finally get this opponent who, honestly, I believe Paul Felder should have been in that main event slot over Vic. Much more dynamic and excited fighter, which is why I believe that he's going to win the fight overall. But you never know. James Vic could have added more tools, could have learned to use his length a little bit more. He is a big 155-er. Who knows? But I'm looking forward to that co-main event spot as well as the main event. Hey, Kane's back. This is Arizona. Sea level. He's fighting one of the most dangerous guys in the heavyweight division. This is a lot of what we wanted last year to, to see. But Kane wasn't available. We only had Stipe, luckily. And that's why he got thrust into that title picture. And the overall lack of death at heavyweight. But... At the end of the day, Ngannou proved himself in his last fight, taking out another top 10 guy. Top 5, I believe, um, was Blades at the time. So, honestly, if Kane can get past Ngannou, I believe he's ready for a title shot or at least fight against Stipe. That would be a great fight. DC is obviously going through injuries and just doesn't want to fight um, somebody who didn't quote-unquote work their way back up. So since we know this, this is a big title implication bout, big return to the heavyweight division, and it makes everything a lot more exciting again for the division. Looking forward to this contest. I don't have any predictions. It's just been too long since we've seen um, Kane and Ngannou has been just a little inconsistent, so I'm very, very excited and looking forward to see what is going to happen on Sunday. Before I wrap up the show, 
Thank you so much for listening at Keep Good Keith. If you want more content, anything I discuss, I'm obviously going to post up there. And when you're looking for links, just hit up me, hit me up on Twitter, that is. Of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention breaking news that Johnny Walker will be replacing Ovin St. Prue on the card at UFC 235. That is going to be amazing, making his pay-per-view debut against a legit and well-known name in the division. If he can get this win under his belt, that's three wins in under six months, I believe. That's going to be amazing for his career. It's going to catapult him into the rankings, and we're looking at a true contender after this. So Johnny Walker, Misha Serkunov, look forward to that coming. UFC 235. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Hit me up at Keep Good Keep on Twitter, and always punch up.